But one of your rules is there is no escaping risk. And this is probably a particular problem for people who are older, retired, uh, no longer bringing money in through their work and their labor, have X dollars of, of a portfolio, maybe Social Security, maybe pension. They don't want to incur risk, but you're saying there is no escaping risk. Well, the basic argument there is that inflation, which you have no control over, eats away at the value of your dollars. You may think you're being safe if you buy a bank CD or an equivalent instrument, and let's say over 10 years, but that, that the instrument's going to be lose 30% of its value conservatively over the next 10 years. Uh, and uh, you know, they'll have a little bit of interest to offset that. But if the dollar is worth 30, 30%, which is roughly 2.5% per year in inflation, uh, that's gone. You've taken a big risk by, in effect, speculating, for the want of a better word, that the dollar will remain unchanged. And it never has. And I don't think in our lifetimes it ever will. Maybe sometime. But uh, so there's the big risk. So when you look at, say, stocks and bonds, uh, stocks at least have a fighting chance uh, to overcome the ravages of inflation. And the way I look at it, I've got some math behind this, because with a dividend yield of stocks about 2%, and potential earnings growth should be in the range of 5%, stocks should give you about 7% over the next 10 years. Gross, 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 before cost, before anything. So that's a fairly conservative number, but I think it's realistic. And bonds should probably give you about two and a half. So if you think about inflation, there's two and a half percent inflation, and the bond gives you two and a half percent, you're doing a break-even investment over the next 10 years. Um, and that's just, you need more than that if you're going to build a retirement fund. And if you have X dollars and you're getting zero percent, and you even if you're living frugally, you're still reducing the purchasing power the actual amount of money that you have. Yeah, and importantly, we live in the most, in a way, and I've said this before, in the most difficult time to invest that I've ever seen. And the reason for that is, yes, stocks have more volatility risk. Uh, they go up and down, and bonds stay pretty steady from day to day. But you have to take into account not only the risk, but the return. And the return on stocks, I think, is, you know, I'm close to saying destined to but I won't go that far. I'll say highly likely to the 7% expectation, which could be right or wrong, but it's certainly very likely to be the 2.5% almost certainty for bonds. And actually, I'm being generous to bonds because the government bond, the 10-year Treasury, is yielding 1.6% today is all. So you've got to take a little bit of risk in corporates, and I would frankly take a bigger risk in corporates. But so ask yourself this question, who, which is riskier for the next 10 years? That bond, which will give you a low return, but probably not very much, or the stocks, which are highly likely to give you a high return, uh, but with volatility along the way. And for that reason, I like the idea of a balanced portfolio, some stocks and some bonds, although you have to think about it a little bit differently today with interest rates at these floor, uh, price money market funds are basically not even worth buying average yield of a money market fund is, I think, two-tenths of one percent. People should buy very short-term bond funds, my opinion, high-quality short-term bond funds instead. So there are ways to do it, but you have to look at just not volatility risk, but the entire picture of investment risk to dividend income, risk to your income, 
if you're giving up a two and a half percent, two percent stock yield and getting only one percent from a CD or whatever it might be.